When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, it's Stephen Colbert! Hey! Beautiful! Hey, baby, I didn't expect to see you here tonight. Now it's party. Now it's party. There you go. Hello, my friends. Come on! <laughs> Thank you for doing three shows. I just, I gotta say, I love running out to a crowd like this. I could do it all night long. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome. You know Welcome, my friends. Triple wow. double. Triple double. Mm-hmm. Welcome yeah. to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And folks, you, you all, you lucky people are here on an historic evening because just over a year after the January 6th insurrection, the feds are finally dishing out some serious consequences because today, an Oath Keeper leader and 10 others were charged with seditious conspiracy related to the Capitol attack. Come on! That's real. That's realer than real. This is huge. This is huge. Seditious conspiracy is no slap on the wrist. It's a charge of inciting a rebellion against the government that carries a maximum penalty of 20 years in prison. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad, I gotta say. But somehow it feels like it should be more. Like if you tried to take the government down, you should go away for longer than one Billie Eilish. Now, to put, the, to put it all in perspective, this is the most serious and sweeping case to emerge from the federal investigation into the Capitol riot. Finally. Up until now, the most serious charge any of these guys have gotten is impersonating a Flintstone. <laughs> the biggest name... Woo! <laughs> the biggest name that the feds picked up today was leader of the Oath Keepers and pirate captain of the SS Lipitor... <laughs> Stuart Rhodes. The indictment alleges that uh, Rhodes and his co-conspirators engaged in a conspiracy to oppose the lawful transfer of presidential power by force by preventing, hindering, or delaying by force execution of laws governing the transfer of power. Which is a very elegant way of saying pooping on the walls. (laughs) Now, in their defense, the Oath Keepers claim that they converged on Washington just before January 6th as part of a security detail hired to protect conservative celebrities like Roger Stone. Get your story straight, Oath Keepers. Were you there to protect celebrities or Roger Stone? (laughs) Besides, Roger Stone doesn't need a bunch of henchmen. It's not like he's some sort of cartoonish supervillain. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Now, here's here's the thing. This isn't a charge they just yank out of the tank willy-nilly. You don't charge someone with sedition unless you got them dead to rights, and it looks like they do, because in the lead-up to January 6th, 
Rhodes called on members of his group to stock up on ammo and prepare for a full-on war in the streets. And a war was there, and it's a war that they lost. This is starting. This is starting to restore. Feels good. Starting to restore my faith in the Justice Department. Finally, they're charging people with the sedition we saw with our own eyes on live TV. And hopefully, one day, the feds will learn the identity of that shadowy figure who was the president who told them to do it. <laughs> you know who I don't? You know what I don't have a lot of faith in? The Supreme Court. Because today, the Supreme Court blocked Biden's vaccine mandate for large employers. What the hell, Supremes? What, what do you know about large employers? You're a small business with nine workers whose dress code is ankle-length hefty bag. <laughs> now, as is frequent with this court these days, the vote was 6-3 along ideological lines. And the conservatives wrote, in an unsigned opinion, although Congress has indisputably given OSHA the power to regulate occupational dangers, it has not given that agency the power to regulate public health more broadly. But COVID is an occupational danger. Why do you think everyone who can is working from home? You think it's because they want to see their spouse yell at the Roomba again? <laughs> it can't hear you, Jack. It's a machine. <laughs> Speaking of the pandemic, it's all we've been speaking about for the last two years. But there may be some hope on the horizon, some light at the end of the nasal swab, if you will. <laughs> because experts tell us that the Omicron waves are appearing to slow down in New York City and other major metropolitan areas. <laughs> Come on. You gotta, please, yes. Oh. Bring it. Oh. Bring it. New Yorkers reacted to the news of the slowdown by saying, on your right, keep walking, you frickin' tourists. You don't have M&Ms where you come from? <laughs> it's really a lovely place. You should, you should really check it out. <laughs> it's not just New York. In both New Jersey and Maryland, the number of new cases has fallen slightly this week, and coronavirus levels in Boston-area wastewater are falling. One local scientist said... I'll butt chow as wicked virus free. Yankees suck. <laughs> We're not not fully out of the woods just yet, but in the words of one epidemiologist, our assessment is we have likely peaked as a country. <laughs> no argument there, but do you have any thoughts on the coronavirus? <laughs> I, uh, I cannot wait for the Omicron to go away because I'm tired of having to do at-home tests. I do it so much, I've started experimenting. Sometimes I bring in another Q-tip for a menage a swab. <laughs> keep it fresh, keep it spicy. Now, some people online have started to question whether we're even doing the swab right. They think we're jabbing the swab in the wrong place because researchers increasingly believe Omicron may replicate in the throat before the nose. The throat? Die, you bastards! this? This is tea. <laughs> There's a rule. What's the rule, Mark? Uh, booze is booze on this show. <laughs> Today, President Biden gave an update on the battle against COVID. And with things as bad as they are, he went back to basics. First, 
masking, masking. Masking is an important tool to control the spread of COVID-19. The CDC says that wearing a well-fitting mask of, of, of any of them is certainly better than not wearing a mask. If it's well-fitting, what if over your nose? It's kind of embarrassing that after 22 months into a pandemic, the leader of the free world still has to take time to teach us rudimentary safety tips. It brings to mind Eisenhower's famous farewell address. Before I step aside, once again, I urge my fellow Americans, don't put your penis in the light socket. I used to have hair. But I like Ike. Why can't we have Ike? But the speech everyone's talking about was Biden's fire address earlier this week, calling on the Senate to pass voting rights legislation. And he put the stakes in stark terms. I ask every elected official in America, how do you want to be remembered? At consequential moments in history, they present a choice. Do you want to be the side, the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? Harry Potter or Voldemort? <laughs> Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader? Ted Lasso, or the vague concept of a lack of team unity rooted in a humanistic idea that nobody's outright bad, they're just wrestling with their own demons. Believe! <laughs> Who's that blonde, tall lady? <laughs> a tall drink of water. That speech ruffled uh, the feathers of Republicans in Congress, especially Florida senator and fifth grader explaining to the other kids why... why he would be an asset to the dodgeball team. <laughs> Marco Rubio. In the Senate yesterday, Rubio criticized Biden's speech and attempted to zing the libs. Yesterday, we were treated to the president telling us that election laws that are being passed by various states across the country over the last year are basically the, the, the same, the equivalent of the segregation that existed in this country in the 1950s and 60s and before. Now, look, if your daily routine is to wake up in the morning and turn on MSNBC as you ride your Peloton, and, and then you go on Twitter as you're drinking your caramel macchiato, and then you're reading the New York Times as you're eating your avocado toast. I imagine all this makes perfect sense to you. Hey, that is a gross mischaracterization. Real liberals eat quinoa poke bowls <laughs> and drink oat milk on their Peloton late at night while watching my show. Which, which reminds me, what up, liberal Peloton? Chest open, chin up, back on the saddle, okay? We got an eight-minute high-intensity monologue with three hills, two recoveries, and a cool down with some commercials for ghosts on CBS Thursdays at 9. So crank that resistance knob, and remember, it isn't about what number you hit, it's about watching my butt in the mirror. Come on, let's get up, let's get up. Let's get up. Do that, do that. And I'm winded. <laughs> Senator Rubio's anti-Twitter rant would be a lot more convincing if he hadn't posted it on Twitter. <laughs> also, I gotta say, Starbucks isn't a liberal drink. At this point, it's an everybody drink. Marco Rubio's home state has the third most Starbucks with 786 stores. It's the most popular drink in Florida after Monster Energy and NyQuil. <laughs> Big news from across the pond. 
Queen Elizabeth has stripped Prince Andrew of his titles. So, so, from here on out, he's the Andrew formerly known as Prince. <laughs> Previously on Game of Thrones, his no longer royal lowness is fighting a civil sexual assault lawsuit brought by a woman who is trafficked by Andrew's friend, Jeffrey Epstein. That's bad. You know it's gotta be bad when the royal family, a group of inbred, gin-soaked, jumped-up medieval gangsters that are the product of an inherently racist class system who have all their money from ravaging the world and stripping the gold teeth out of pensioners say, he did what? <laughs> the queen... The queen... made it clear where she stands with her statement. The Duke of York will continue not to undertake any public duties and is defending his case as a private citizen. Yes, from now on, he'll be a private citizen defending what he did with his citizens' privates. <laughs> but he doesn't just lose the title His Royal Highness. Oh, no. Johnny, tell him what he's lost. Andrew has lost the right to be called the Commodore-in-Chief of the Fleet Air Arm, the Royal Colonel of the Royal Highland Fusiliers, the Deputy Colonel-in-Chief of the Royal Lancers, Queen Elizabeth's own, the Royal Colonel of the Royal Regiment of Scotland. He's also lost the respect of his country and a year's supply of turtle wax. Back to you, Steve. We got a great show for you tonight. Up next... NFL players get cinematic. Late Show Pod Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. John, John, uh, we got the multi-talented Liev Schreiber. Oh, yeah. Ray Donovan is going to be out here. They yes. got the new Ray Donovan movie. He'll be out here in just one second. But before I do that, you know, I, ra I, I rarely issue apologies here on the show. And I have to issue a, a rare apology right now, and it's to one of our own staff members. I, I, have to, I, have to, I have to issue to the props department right now, because you may have noticed in the monologue right there, when I took a sip of what I thought was bourbon. Yeah. And I said, pardon the expression, what the is this? because it was tea. It was iced tea. And the rule is, as Mark, as you know, the rule is, rehearsal iced tea, in the show, we do real liquor, okay? I can't sit here and lie to the American people. That's an issue of trust. They have to know that what I'm saying to them is true. And if I say to them, boy, I have a drinking problem, they need to know that that's... <laughs> that's a real thing. But <laughs> drinking opportunity. I have a drinking opportunity, not a drinking problem. So, but this is on me. What happened was is that I, I, I have declared loudly uh, to not only the audience but the staff that it's dry January for me because I'm just moaning about it a lot here. And what they did was like, oh, it's a dry January. We're not going to give him real bourbon. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to be nice guys, yeah. and we're, we're going to give him iced tea. And what they did not know is that the only reason I left that joke in is that I wanted that real bourbon. Because <laughs> then I could say, well, that's for work, man. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not my fault. I had to. Yeah. I had to, Lord. <laughs> but anyway, I apologize. I didn't mean to freak out. I wouldn't have freaked out if I had a little bourbon. That would have taken the edge off of it. Right. Hey, hey, you know so please accept my apology. Bourbon. Folks, whether you're a fan of football or just a fan of eating chili, 
You're probably aware that this weekend is the beginning of the NFL postseason. It's when the stakes really heat up, and so does the chili. And one of my favorite parts of any football game is those player introduction videos where one by one we get to meet the teams. Colton Miller, UCLA. John Simpson, Fort Dorchester High School. Andre James, UCLA. I love these player introductions so much that when we did a special edition of The Late Show after last year's Super Bowl, I hired some of my favorite Hollywood directors to remake them. Of course, back then, I didn't have a live audience here to enjoy them, but I do now. Jim? The Late Show presents Great Directors Direct the Player Intros. Everybody was doing player introductions. There was Victor Cruz. How you doing? UMass. Marcus Kuhn. We called him the steamroller on account of he's from Mannheim. Good and talk. You had Johnny Casillas and his guys. University of Wisconsin. Lorenzo Carter, the kid. UGA. Then there was Folaranzu Fadakasi, also the kid on accounts that they was both the kids. UConn. And finally, Benny Two Times, who got that nickname because he said everything twice, like... Notre Dame, Notre Dame. <laughs> Observe Bennett Jackson. The position he plays is safety. But nothing can be considered safe in a vast, indifferent universe where the stars blindly run. To consider oneself safety is to laugh in the face of destiny. University of Notre Dame. Now let me take a wild guess here. You're Brett, right? Nah, Foley Fatukasi, Yukon. Check out the big brain on Brad. Did you mean Bennett Jackson, University of Notre Dame? I don't remember asking you a damn thing. All right, okay. You were saying? As I was saying, I'm Foley Fatukasi, Yukon. Jonathan Casillas, University of Wisconsin. Footballers gathered in preparation for the first of what was sure to be many quarters. There was Victor Cruz, the enigmatic wide receiver. Lorenzo Carter, the iconoclastic linebacker. Carter loved nothing more than chasing a quarterback. He has been one of the Giants' go-to pass rushers, and next season, he's hoping to rush more. Marcus Kuhn, the eccentric defensive tackle. I don't consider myself eccentric. The defensive, defensive tackle. <laughs> oh, howdy, big fella. Marcus Kuhn, NC State. Up next. 
Liev Schreiber. Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. My guest tonight is a Tony-winning actor you've seen in Spotlight, The French Dispatch, and the Showtime series Ray Donovan. He now stars in Ray Donovan, The Movie. I should have killed him then. And then what? I don't know. Maybe none of this would have happened. You're probably right. None of it would have happened. No wife. No kids. No life. Probably better for everyone if I had. It's some sacrifice, Ray. You'd be willing to give up all those years. All that life. Just for him. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Liev Schreiber. Nice to see you again. Thanks for thanks for coming back, Thank man. Thank you for having me. No, you something you went through uh, an interesting thing recently over over Christmas and, and the New Year's. You were oh, stuck yeah. in Chile. Yeah, yeah. I I've been planning this. Uh, we'd been planning this trip to uh, the Antarctic for the kids for um, three years now. And was this their idea or your idea? It was actually my friend Taylor's idea. Okay. Um, and uh, we uh, we get down twelve hour flight to Chile. And um, we get down there, and we, we bought all this expensive expedition gear because you need special sure. clothes to sure. walk in the snow. And Man is not, you know, it's not habitable. We're not equipped to live yeah. down there, right? So we're waiting to get on the plane, and it turns out that one of the kids in our group, because we brought a lot of kids, uh, had a, a positive COVID test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I wanted to kill him, but I, 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 I'm okay now, and, I, and I'm okay with his dad, Jeremy. I love you. Um, and uh, so we spend, we're told by the people, they, they bring us back to this kind of concrete bunker, which is really the only hotel in this area of Chile. And uh, they tell us that we have to stay there for seven days because of close contact. Mind you, we have this adventure waiting for us. So we start to, and of course, two days into that, I test positive. Oh. Uh, and then we sort of get these staggered uh, positive tests. So I've spent the past 16 days in a, in a concrete bunker. Bunker. Uh, uh, is this where you got the keyboard? Is this? Oh know? yeah, right. So someone asked me if they could get me anything, which was very kind of them. And I said, um, you know, it would be awesome if, if you could find me an electronic keyboard, you know, just so I could practice. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you play? And I didn't know you play. I do play. I mean, not like that, but I I, I play a little bit. 
and uh, they found me one of those old school Casio keyboards. Sure. And at first, I was very, I was like, you know, oh, a Casio. Seriously, you couldn't find anything better. And then I found this dance button. I think that's what we have. That's we have a, a clip series, here. Uh, yeah, is that what this okay. is? You with the dance button? This is DJ COVID. Jim. <laughs> Sixteen days. Sixteen days. I figured now that Ray's over, it's probably good to have some in my pocket. Another lovely thing that you've done uh, is also this was during COVID, right? You were in Venice. Oh yeah. Uh, Shooting a film. The, the, in Venice. the first COVID. Before we had any vaccines yeah. or a yeah. plan or anything. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Okay, so yeah. when when the were you crazy in Venice? COVID. Yeah. Uh, last year. Had you spent much time in Italy before this? No. This was this, no, no, I had been, for the film festival, I had been to Venice. And it's, mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite places it's in the world. Ridiculously it's ridiculously beautiful. It's so magical. beautiful. I like getting off the main path. Like, I go there all the time. I, <laughs> when I've been lucky enough to be there, I like getting off the main path and going to the little side streets and see if I can find my way out before, <laughs> before, yeah. before the rats eat me. Yeah. <laughs> because there's yeah. these little, it's a little warren of streets. It's you can get lost in a minute. It's important to know where you're going, certainly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, but for me, it was always packed with tourists and or the film festival. Right. But right now, I mean, the Venetians have their city back. It's like it's empty, and it's so beautiful to walk down those streets in the middle of the night in Venice. It's exquisite. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Liev Schreiber, everybody. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. I told you the last time you were here how much I enjoyed your performance as Iago in Othello, but do you ever wish you weren't a good actor? <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Here's what's why? behind. Is that, like, as everybody goes, like, oh, Liam Shriver, he's a really good actor. And then you've done all this really good work, you know? And, every, you know, and there's, that guy never does a good always does a good job. Don't you wish sometimes you just go, I just love to suck in the next thing? Because being a good actor seems like a lot of work. You guys actually put a lot of thought, you know? Character development, backstory, you know, focus, memorization. But if you weren't, like, really great like you are, you could suck so sometimes. They're like, well, sometimes he sucks. <laughs> Reality is, is, is we suck most of the time. Um, it's just that we don't go out and promote the things that we suck. So, <laughs> sucking, so... Oh, so there are so, some products out there. If I really dug down deep, I could find look, some sucky Liev Schreiber If you look, there. there's, a, there's a lot of sucky stuff out there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Of oh, mine. You want to give me any titles? Nope. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Do your homework. Um, Showtime's... <laughs> Showtime's Ray Donovan. Yeah. Uh, seven seasons. Yeah. Ended in, in 2020. Uh, Ray's back for a movie, as I told the folks. What, what does it mean after... It, seven seasons over how long? How many years is that for you? Eight years. Eight years, okay. After playing a character for eight years, what's it like to Getting go close. away and then come back to that character mm. and, and, like, get back in the skin? 
This feels in many ways like because of COVID and everything, this feels in many ways like the end to me, like being here with you right now, because we couldn't do that as a cast. Mm -hmm. um, but I imagine you know from working on a television show for a long time that you become a family with the people that you work with. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point uh, for me with those actors, like I really don't know what to do in the morning now without them. Like I wake up and I'm like, where's Eddie? You know, where's... And it's really, it's, it's been hard. Um, but I'm glad it's over because, uh, you know, it's time to it's time to move on. But, but I, I can't I can't uh, say enough about how uh, how much it meant to me to, to be working with those people for that long. Did you I you know from my, my previous show to this I get to still work with the people that I I worked because pretty much everybody came over which was nice. But uh, I I took some stuff from oh, the yeah? old show you know souvenirs stuff like that oh yeah did you what did you take did you take anything from the old yeah i did i took um i i took ray's wedding ring and i took uh, a medallion that he wears which is uh you know ray's roman catholic so i, I had to sort of as I'm, I'm you know i'm like a quarter roman catholic i had to kind of research <laughs> the roman catholic thing uh-huh and uh, i decided that i wanted to get him a saint christopher medallion because i thought that would look good mm. and i went to the um you know the catholic medallion place which is downtown near wall street and uh, the guy showed me all the medallions I could get, which I kind of thought was odd, you know? But he's like, hey, look, you can have one of these, you can have one of those. So I said, I'm looking for a St. Christopher, but what's that one? And he said, oh, that's St. Genesius. And I said, who's St. Genesius? And he says, St. Genesius is the patron saint of actors and prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, I immediately thought, what are the chances that they'll ever do a really good close-up on this thing? And so I got that. If anyone asks me, it's St. Christopher. But now that we're done, I can say that Ray has been wearing the, the medallion of uh, St. Genesius, the patron. I, I, I have a St. Genesius medal. You do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was given, Seriously? It was given to me by an old friend of mine in Chicago, an old guy I knew from the improv world uh, called Pat Finn. He gave me a St. Genesius. And you don't wear it? What? And I got it at home. It? It's hanging on the mirror next to my scapula, you know, my holy cards. And, oh, <laughs> That's really, yeah, that's, that's Jeezy right there. Is that Jeezy? That's Jeezy right there. He's uh, actors, prostitutes, uh, clowns, which is why I was giving oh, it. Oh, right. And clowns, and I think thieves might be another one that's I in fall there. into all four categories. It's fantastic. It just shows you when people are deciding, like, what groups of people to put together <laughs> in the in back back you know a couple hundred years ago they're like uh, actors and prostitutes put them in there very fine line between but what those. did he do to get that i mean like he, of all the guys he who was a lot up, of fun is what yeah, he was okay. and very forgiving i see genesius we have to take another quick break uh but stick around when we come back i'm gonna ask Liev if he's ever uh, forgotten any of his lines on stage Clip there, uh, great Alan Alda. Yeah. Okay, plays your therapist in that. And you also appeared on stage with him in your Tony Award winning performance in Glengarry Glen Ross. What, what's it like? I've interviewed Alan and I've been lucky enough to have dinner with Alan and he's just a lovely fella. What's it like to share the stage with someone? He's such an iconic figure. In the beginning, it was nerve wracking because, you know, yeah. You, 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 I couldn't, you had to I sort of pinch myself because I couldn't believe I was there with him on stage. But we actually became really, really close. And it was sort of like, a, we were a double act for a while, particularly in that play. And it kind of continued sort of like a, 
kind of like an Abbott and Costello thing. Like I, I was, he was funnier, so I was definitely like, you know, the Abbott, like, you're crazy, and then he would, <laughs> he would do something. But uh, it was amazing working with him. He's, um, you know, he would forget a line every once in a while, and... Uh, what, in, in, on, in the play or in, 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 in uh, Ray Donovan? Pretty much everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> on, in Ray Donovan, you can cut and try it again, but on live, on Broadway, that yeah. might have been a little bit of, uh, gotta breathe through that moment. It's fine, he was a real pro, he covered it beautifully. I remember the first time it had ever happened to me, it, it, it was a, a horror show. Because I'd always said as a young actor, I said, I'm not gonna forget, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna forget lines, it's like an Alan Alda type thing. And I was in a, I was in a, like a, a third preview, and the stage manager had told the prompter, the girl who tells you your lines, that um, uh, Liev's really good at this. He's a you know, classical Shakespearean. He's not gonna forget any lines in it. And uh, uh, I remember that I was looking at Janet McTeer, this extraordinary actress, and I was giving her that look that you give, which is, I'm screwed, can you help? And, <laughs> and she looked back at me and she was like. <laughs> and I, and I, I gave her the second look, which is, no, I'm really, really in trouble right now. And she went. <laughs> and so I, I thought, I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to do the one thing that I never dreamed of doing. And I went, line. <laughs> Which is what you say when you can't remember your line. And I realized after about 15 seconds of silence, which is interminable in a theater, that the prompter girl hadn't heard me. So I had to say it again <laughs> and louder. And I was like, Line! <laughs> and I realized that she was on the wrong side of the stage and I hear her running behind the stage. The curtain goes dup, 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 dup. She gets over to this side and I hear a music stand fold down and I'm like, oh <laughs> And then she gives me a line from act two. <laughs> We're in act one. And I look over at Janet and at that point she goes, she said something, I can't remember what it was, but it got us out of it. But, but, I've, I've been so nice to Alan Alda ever since that happened to me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is, is that the only time it's ever happened to you? It's the only time I'm willing to talk about right now. <laughs> Leah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.